I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. Clarkdeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. And speaking of which, I have a sizzling deal for you coming up in place of today's Clark Rageous moment. And with a storm bearing down on the Caribbean, moving potentially into Florida and potentially part of the East Coast, I want to talk to you about the um, hazard and opportunity that comes with fall travel and the weather. Right now, I want to talk about something key to your wallet. There are problems in the energy industry that are working very heavily right now to your and my advantage as consumers. Natural gas is in massive oversupply, and at wholesale, the price has been driven down, down, down. As far as you're indirectly affected, electricity producers around the United States have been very heavily bringing natural gas plants online and providing power to you with natural gas at a much, much, much lower price than coal plants could do. That's why coal plants are closing like crazy. And our supply of natural gas is gigantic in the United States. The big problem is for the exploration companies and producers that they can't get a return on their investment right now. But for you and me as consumers, in states where the savings are passed on to the ratepayer for the actual cost of energy, there's a direct benefit. But there's another one you need to know. In a number of states, you select a natural gas provider. If you have natural gas at your residence or business, in a number of states, you select a natural gas company to supply you. And so in states where you do that, you usually have an option of how you purchase your natural gas. And if you have the option of locking in a fixed rate for natural gas, in some places you can do that as long as two years, there will be a strong advantage to do so in the next couple of months, Uh, September, October in particular, before the cold weather season starts. It would be a great time to lock in the cost of natural gas for your home or business. So this is something a lot of people don't have the ability to do, but even if you live in a state where you don't have the right to do this stuff, it means that what you pay for heating your home, if you use natural gas, will be more favorable for this winter And the use of natural gas for cooking or whatever will be more favorable because of this oversupply of natural gas. The price is down significantly. I saw an item on CNBC that the price of natural gas has now fallen 25% from the already depressed prices of last year. And for you and me as consumers, 
It's great if you're an investor and you invest in the energy industry. Not so great for you, but it's a real deal for consumers. And our energy mix in the United States is going through such a radical transformation now that wind is the, not hot air from politicians, but actual wind from the wind turbines has become in many places by far the cheapest source of energy and others solar has become the cheapest source of energy. We have an energy equation that's getting better and better and better and if you care about um, the quality of the air, getting coal out of the mix is significantly improving the quality of the air we breathe and the issues with pollution-based asthma getting so much better because of the decline of coal as a source of energy in much of the country. Laurie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Laurie. Hi, Clark. Laurie, your daughter's going off to college. Tell me. Yes, she left. <laughs> she occasionally texts. Oh, no. Were, were you crying your eyes out when she left? Actually, no, we have other children, so I'm pretty busy with them, and uh, yeah, we were, we're all ready. No, it was it's like, see ya, see ya, go to school, yeah, exactly. study, yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell about my wife when uh, she took my daughter off to college, and she saw my daughter uh, drive away with a friend. She just didn't expect to. She spontaneously burst into tears about our daughter going off to school. So. Yes, yes. Well, it helps she's living a half hour away. So I did get teary in May thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's think about this. She is living on campus, but she's close enough we can visit. Well, our daughter's a five-hour flight away. So. Wow, wow. So how can I be of service with your daughter? Well, I, we're trying to figure out finances. Um, we've taken your advice, have Roths for ourselves, and had saved for the kids $50 a month all along. So, um, And that was great. But now we're at a point where how does she access this money? And especially right now she has a debit card, which we know isn't the best strategy, but we struggled getting her credit card on her own. And I finally put her on as an authorized user on our account. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, a, this is a difficult puzzle because if you have a child who doesn't have the maturity yet to handle being an authorized user well, you are legally liable if she decides to run up a lot of crazy charges. On the other Correct. hand, the protection of having a credit card in her hand instead of the piece of trash, fake Visa or fake MasterCard, is uh, it's night and day difference. In fact... There's a story that uh, has been running a couple of days that has been getting huge play about why no one should ever carry a debit card. And it's funny, it felt like the author was channeling what I've been saying for, I don't know, 10 years or more about how despicably dangerous the debit card is. And the reason I say despicable is it's because in the time period from when credit cards first came into being in the 60s and debit cards became popularized about 15 years ago, the power equation in Washington changed and the banks are so powerful now in a money-driven, corrupt Washington 
that there are no meaningful protections under federal law for a debit card user, anything equivalent to what's available for a credit card user. And the congressmen and senators think they're in service to the banks now instead of being in service to their constituents. So debit cards would be fine if they had real protections, but they don't. So then the question doubles back to your daughter. Is she mature enough and responsible enough that you're not in any serious danger with her having an authorized user credit card to have at school? No, she's responsible. I I trust her. Then that's the right thing to do. Okay, okay. The, The authorized user status credit card where she's using one of your cards is a vastly superior choice to the piece okay. of trash debit card. So you're, you've well, done the right thing. Then how do we help her build her credit um, as she goes on? Because right now all that's still under our, our numbers. Um, Great question. That... Guess what? Okay. <laughs> With a lot of issuers, they report authorized user status to the credit bureaus. Okay. And it mirrors what, however you handle that card mirrors for her. And she now will be eligible, and she's a full-time college student, right? Correct. So she's eligible to try to get one of the student credit cards. And the Discover card is very aggressive these days with their student card. She could apply for that. Uh, It's wonderful. Do I have to co-sign for that? You do not have to co-sign. Okay. And many credit unions also offer student credit cards, no cosigner required. And we tried our credit union and they turned her down, and I don't know why. Right. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't know, but we did try that avenue. So mm-hmm. as an alternative, see if she qualifies for the Discover, Discover. Okay. student card, and then she would be fully establishing credit in her own name. I hope school's great for her. Terry joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Terry. Hi, hi, Clark. Um, thank you for uh, allowing me to come on your show. Of and, course. Um, as I know it's um, you hear it at nauseum probably, but thank you for everything you and your team do. Well, you're welcome. Glad we can be of help. I was wondering um, if you could help me in search of a the best place for the best buy. For a cell phone, I know specifically, or pretty much specifically, what type of phone I want, but I'm just unsure of, like, do I go to a name brand store, some of your favorites, or do I go to the typical, like, the Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and stuff like that? Are you trying to buy new or used? I think I want to go new just for a safety net. I mean, and if I buy new as opposed to used, I'm afraid I'm not going to get a guaranteed warranty. Or, oh, you're not. You know, like, you're not. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. So um, which phone or phones look the most interesting to you? Um, something that is about as big as a TV because I like them big. I was thinking maybe like an iPhone 8 plus and i was thinking i i think they've got a new one coming out yeah don't do anything if you're anyone interested in Mm -hmm. apple you know any iphone you want to wait till the new phones are out because that's when you're going to find a deal 
on a pass model. Okay. And okay. the eight and eight plus have proven to be very, very popular in the marketplace. And that generation of phone, and then the um, the what I guess would be the next two generations, will all be deals, relatively speaking, when the new phones are introduced. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just giving a little bit of time here, if you can nurse along the phone you have, it will be to your advantage to do so. As far as where the best deals usually are, they're actually uh, most often with the cell phone carrier that you're with. Or if you're, uh, the best deals go to people who are willing to switch cell phone carriers when a new uh-huh. model of a flagship phone comes out. That's what I thought from listening to you for the last few weeks when I've been contemplating doing this. But retail stores, usually not a deal. Uh, Going to an Apple store, definitely not a deal. Apple is for the fans. So Mm -hmm. the fans are not price sensitive. Apple sells the items in their own stores. It's an image-oriented store. Beautiful stores, well-run. People who work in them are knowledgeable, very friendly. But you're paying a premium price when you walk in an Apple store. So I would say normally the cell phone carriers are going to be the best place. And if you're willing to be a free agent and consider changing companies for your cell service when uh, you're getting a phone, then you just shop the market. Everybody's going to have their deals. And that's how you know when and where to buy. Thank you so much. You've been a tremendous amount of help to uh to me today and for years and years and years (laughs) well thank you and i hope you love your new iphone whichever one it is you get the great screaming deal on normally at this time you'd be hearing a clark rageous moment but we are doing a sizzling deal this is a short-term deal i want to make sure you are aware of if you have younger children or there's a child in you Whichever it is, you got to know about a deal that is available this holiday weekend only coming up from Disney. Disney, with great fanfare, is launching a streaming service in November. And one of the offers they're going to have is Disney Plus that includes the uh, massive Disney video library of Disney shows and movies. Pixar movies, uh, Marvel, I guess is all movies, Star Wars, plus National Geographic. I don't know where that one came into it. But Disney is offering a deal if you go through a three-step process where you can buy three years of the streaming product for what works out to be $3.92 a month. It is by far the best deal that's ever been offered for any robust streaming service. Disney wants to sign up a massive number of people and get to a size that they become one of the dominant players of streaming. So how do you do this? Well, <laughs> fasten your seatbelts. The first thing you got to do is join a Disney discount club that's free That's d23.com. D is in Disney, 23.com. Second, you will get a 
coupon code that you can use to prepay three years of streaming. You prepay $141 as long as you do it by September 2nd, and you're in with the streaming product for the next three years. So there you have it. I have a full step-by-step guide to how to sign up for this at ClarkDeals.com. And this is part of an ongoing, confusing chapter in streaming where AT&T, buried in debt, has been ratcheting up the cost over and over again of their streaming services. Disney senses weakness in one of the big players in the market, and Disney is coming in wanting to steal market share coming in at these ultra-low price points. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. Well, we've got a storm headed uh, towards the mainland of the United States that may, in fact, end up being a Cat 1 or 2 hurricane and the forecasters, well, it's over U.S. Uh, US property right now or U.S. possession right now over St. Croix, I think, headed towards Puerto Rico. From there, it's hard to know where it heads, how strong it gets, if it weakens, and the rest. And it just brings up a reminder how important it is to be prepared for the unexpected, in this case, with a hurricane, usually you have some general sense of direction, but most things that happen are things that we can't know are coming. Think about an earthquake, a tornado, uh, many different types of storms that can occur or weather events that can occur, geological events that can occur that uh, you may have to react to. It could be something that's a man-made disaster, like a terrorist attack or um, attack against computer systems or financial system, anything like that. And so I believe it's important to be prepared. And so I have a guide for you at Clark.com, what should be in your survival kit. And I've mentioned this before that I'm no survivalist, but I have preparedness in place for our important papers, make sure we have food and water, make sure we have working flashlights. We have the flashlights that you crank so you don't have to worry if batteries go out. We've got those kind of things. And this is just a friendly reminder that you never know when something happens that you have to adapt to. I want you to be prepared. On that subject, This is the time of year where there are some of the best deals each year on travel because leisure travel basically falls off a cliff through the fall uh, from now till mid-December, except for right around Thanksgiving. Fall travel is a very soft time, and so there's deal after deal after deal. And so I had a question last year that I was thinking about in conjunction with this hurricane when I heard that cruise lines were changing their itineraries to try to stay out of harm's way 
with their ships that sail in the Caribbean, South Atlantic, and the Gulf of Mexico. And it just reminded me of that call last year about the issue of storms, particularly, that can hit that part of the world each year during hurricane season. And so it is truly hazard with opportunity, and in most circumstances, you're not going to qualify for a refund for the accommodations you book that may be non-refundable. The airlines are usually really hard-hearted about it in the event that there is a storm. And so you can be left with without the money and without the trip. And people ask me about trip insurance. And I want to tell you that when you're looking at trip insurance, there's a product that's not heavily marketed. But if you were going somewhere where weather issues could be a factor, let's say you booked a, a fall cruise out of um, any of the Florida ports, and you could end up having your cruise be miserable because of storm activity, or you booked a resort somewhere fun in the sun, and again, storms could make your trip miserable. That's not something that trip insurance covers, but you can buy a trip insurance policy where you have the right to cancel for any reason. You pay more for those policies, and you don't get all your money back. Depending on the policy you buy, you may get three quarters of your money back, half your money back, but the idea is you don't have to worry about them saying, well, on page 61 of your insurance contract, you're not going to get your money back because that you're able to make a decision that makes you happier than depending on them being completely at their mercy saying they'll cover it or not. Remember, you don't get all your money back because that would create what's known as moral hazard, but you get back a substantial amount of your money if you bag the trip. And a lot of times, I mean, think about it. Do you want to spend your hard-earned money to go be miserable and be in a shelter during a storm somewhere? Or do you want to be on a cruise ship in a storm with high winds and big waves and all the rest? No. Steven's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Steven. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, you have homeowner's insurance with a well-respected homeowner's insurer, and you have a question for me about your homeowner's insurance, I gather. Uh, yes, sir. We, um, we just recently had to file our first claim, my wife and I, um, with the storms we've had in Florida recently. Our roof decided to leak. Um, our home isn't that old, but um, obviously we had to use our homeowner's insurance to fix this. I don't think it was something that I could handle without my insurance. When we contacted a roofing company to have it fixed, they had us sign a appointment of benefits. Uh, actually, and it's called usually assignment of benefits. And, I'm sorry, um, yes, sir. As soon as I hear anybody call me about assignment of benefits, I start shallow breathing because assignment of benefits is an extremely controversial thing that allows um, a blanket right 
for a contractor like this roofing contractor to make a claim for whatever amount they want is if they are you. And even if you disagree, you can't stop them at that point. And so I despise assignment of benefits. In fact, um, the state of Florida put out a special consumer uh, checklist and warning about how people get ripped off by contractors because of this assignment of benefits clause. And the worst part is that once you've signed it, usually those are so stacked deck and how they're written, you can't turn around and say, hey, I changed my mind, even if the contractor turns out to be shady or fly by night or doing crummy work or whatever, you're usually stuck by having signed that assignment of benefits. Okay. Um, The second part of my question we had was, if you had um, maybe a recommendation for paying a large deductible, um, if we don't have that set aside. How large is the deductible? Our deductible is 2% or $6,000. Whoa. Oh, that hurts. It was was an attempt to save on the annual premium when we purchased purchased our house sure and and this is common in uh florida there are situations in california where people take on very high deductibles because the insurance markets in both states uh here we're talking about i guess the most populous and third most populous states in the country the insurance markets are injured or wounded and so homeowners are left with these very difficult choices of taking on very high deductibles or paying massive premiums for coverage. And sometimes you can't even buy coverage without taking the massive deductibles. So uh, I'm gathering there's not money sitting in a savings account that can cover the six. That's correct. Not at this point anyway. All right. So um, as far as what I look for, Next would be you potentially taking out a home equity line of credit if you can qualify, if you have enough equity in your home. And the reason I recommend that is the next possibility is that the improvement you're doing is an improvement or repair to your home, which is a perfect situation for doing a home equity line of credit. Do you have enough equity in your home that you could possibly do that? We do. Our house has been climbing at about 4.5% since we purchased a year and a half ago. All right. So I would go to a credit union. Are you a member of a credit union yet? Yes, sir. The same company with uh, our homeowners insurance. Right. Now, they're not a credit union. They're a bank. But um, they're fine for uh, getting a home equity line of credit just like it would be going to a credit union. And so I would go... To um, And I'll just go ahead and say, because I think a lot of people figured out, you're talking about USAA, both insurance and bank, I'm gathering. Um, Go ahead and uh, see if you can apply for a home equity line with USAA Bank. And if they are not interested in writing it, find a local credit union where you live in Florida and see if you can do one of those. If you cannot get approved for a home equity line of credit, 
I'm so reluctant to say this, but do you have a 401k? We do. Yes, sir. I, I don't like 401k loans, but this would be a circumstance where a 401k loan would be appropriate as a next best option in your case. And I hope that that roofer who got you to sign that lousy assignment of benefits does the job like they promise and they don't end up being a problem. Jaylene is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jaylene. Hi. How are you? Great, thank you. Jaylene, you have money invested in the stock market and you're nervous. Tell me about that. Well, when my husband retired, we moved our money from a 401k into a small investment firm. I'm concerned because when our president tweets about tariffs, the stock market goes down quite a bit. Um, And the stock market is volatile right now because of possible recession. And I wanted to know what I should do with our money. Should I put it somewhere else? All right. So first things first. Even though it makes such headlines each day, don't worry about the president's tweets and what they do for a trading day to the stock market because the market moves up or down just based on whatever tweet the president does that day. And so that's not real. And I wouldn't worry about that because, you know, the president made the market drop so much when he impose more tariffs then he turns around and says yeah i had a great conversation with the chinese dictator and we're going to try to buddy up here and come up with a great deal and then the market goes up and so ignore all that what matters is what happens with corporate earnings and on that score corporate earnings are softening and so the value of stock individual stocks ultimately is based on the profitability of the firms that that stock is in. So it means that the stock market, after having an enormous run-up from uh, 2009 to 2015, has Mm -hmm. kind of just moved around in a trading range most of the last four years. But we've had a great run-up that where values quadrupled. So we're... We're yeah. due for a bit of uh, unsettled ride. but Like a correction. Yes, or it could be a step further, which known as a bear market. But the question mm-hmm. is, and this is what I always ask people, when do you need the money that's in these investments? Uh, we don't. We're, we're just going to take out a little bit each month okay, to so, help. So if you're doing that, but he's retired. Well, if that that's known as uh, reverse dollar cost averaging, where you're riding along with the market, you're taking little bits out each month. That Mm -hmm. would mean that with him retired, you should have a decent amount of money in what is referred to as cash equivalents. You know, money that is not subject to the ups and downs of the stock market. It would cover you for a period of time, minimum six months. So you don't have as much. How would I do that? Well, you sell some of what you have and put Uh it in uh, an online savings account or CD or something like that. And that way you have money available to you that you don't feel like you have to sell anything 
at a time that the market may be having a tough ride. So if you are at a point where you're spending money out of what you've saved and invested, instead of putting more money into what you're investing into, that's when you have to have some money available that is stable so that the other money you have can ride with the market. And over time, even with the ups and downs, the long-term trend is up and it deals with later in retirement when you're going to need more money. And that's why you don't sell everything and you don't keep everything in. You make sure you have money available and money invested. Jen joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Jen, you work for a ministry, and as part of your work, you lay out costs for things for the ministry, and then you get reimbursed later. That's been tough for you, so they've offered you an alternative. What is that alternative? Hey, Clark. They said that they could take out a business credit card, uh, but they would run our credit. It would be on our credit score any any of the um, payments or transactions, but they would pay it in a timely manner. But it just kind of made me uncomfortable and I wasn't sure what you thought about it. Yeah, so it's always a matter of risk and trust combined because when you have a corporate card, usually the individual cardholder in most circumstances, particularly in a smaller organization, will have to be part of the application And if the ministry doesn't pay the bill, you're responsible for that bill. And your credit is also affected if they don't pay. So it's it's a situation where you've got to know the, the ministry and whether or not you feel that they're financially solvent enough and the people who pay the bills will get them paid on time so that you don't suffer personal financial harm or reputational harm with your credit for them not paying. What do you think? I understand what you're saying. I, I just didn't know if there was another solution or that was the normal way to do things. There, there's to all, no, that is normal that, uh, particularly in a smaller organization, the individual has liability as well as the organization. There's only one offer that's for tech companies that avoids that personal liability. It's just unusual when that happens. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at clark.com and clarkdeals.com.